the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Good morning to you, Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma joins me now. Good morning, Senator. I was in your home state last week. It was a wonderful time in Oklahoma City. I enjoyed it very much with the... Uh, the Christian Employers Association in the heart of the city had a wonderful time, but I, I, I didn't worry about the bridges last week. Now I have to worry about the bridges. Well, I'm glad you were able to get in and out of the state. The bridge didn't collapse in front of you and cause a fire on the other side that you had to get to. So <laughs> grateful they were very excited to be able to have you there. I, I had the opportunity to be able to also see some of those folks earlier in the day, which you saw them later that day. It's a terrific group of people. It is. Now, Senator, you've served with Joe Biden. He was the president of the Senate for eight years. I don't think you overlapped in the Senate before that. Maybe you, you did. Uh, so what is he saying there? I mean, what what goes through the mind of a United States senator who's likely to be there for a long period of time? And, and I hope the people of Oklahoma keep sending you back. When you hear the president of the United States say something that disconnected from kind of reality... Well, I think it's where the American people are at this point, where they, they've been asked a question recently, is the president in good health? And uh, the vast majority of people now say, no, I don't think he's in good health at this point. Now, I think it's the concern that people have that when they hear him say something like the there's a fire on the other side and the bridge collapses in a snowstorm and he starts going through, you start to just get worried about it and think, okay, this person's also going to make decisions about Afghanistan, about Taiwan, about Ukraine, about Russia, about China. He's going to determine our trade policies can be dealing with issues of inflation, and you start to be able to worry about the country and the direction of the country and uh, who's got their hand on the switch. Now, you, um, you're probably the least like President General Secretary Xi of anybody in the United States Senate. The camps that you ran were for Baptist kids going for the summer. He's running uh, genocidal camps in Zhejiang province. But think about, if you can, a three-hour conversation with President Biden and General Secretary Xi after that's over. What do you think he thinks? Yeah, that's that's the biggest concern I think that a lot of American people have is to say, okay, if you if you if he's he's the person, the President Biden is the person interacting with Xi in China or with Putin in Russia. Do they sense weakness? Do they sense hesitation? Obviously, watching what happened in Afghanistan, I would think so. And the fear really is not for those individuals. It is for the people that are in Taiwan and Ukraine and hundreds of other places around the world uh, that, to think what, what's going to happen. I've, I've heard lots of people that are incredibly frustrated with what's happening in Ethiopia right now. And it seems to be the apathetic response of the White House. And to say there, there are these issues that are breaking out, as they always do around the world, but they demand American leadership at least to be able to speak into a clear way to be able to help. We're not traveling around the world to be able to send our military every place. We've got to be able to speak with some leverage that we have as Americans, uh, the leader of the world. And uh, the concern is, will the leader of the world actually speak strong as the leader of the world should? 
Now, I want to get granular. Uh, the Bailed Back Better Nightmare is coming to you soon. It's got tree equity in it. I just talked to Congressman Gallagher about this. Tree equity, $2.5 billion for tree equity. First of all, do you know what tree equity is? So my understanding is tree equity is for planting trees in poorer neighborhoods. But I have to tell you, in a state like Oklahoma, the eastern side of our state is covered in trees, and the western side of our state is just flat, open, beautiful plains. So I would say in Oklahoma, we need some tree equity coming to us to cover up trees on the western side of the state as well. So we're, we're tree poor on the west and tree rich on the east. So clearly we need federal subsidies to be able to solve that clearly. Well, I have driven the great state of Oklahoma from west to east, going west to east. And you're, fa- you're in fact correct. There isn't any tree on the western side of Oklahoma. So I think a lot of this $2.5 billion is going to go to western Oklahoma. Clearly but- needs to. I've, I've said often that on the western <laughs> side of our state, there's not a tree that God planted. Uh, somebody <laughs> actually put that in the ground. So clearly well- Joe Biden needs to personally come and plant trees on the western side of my state to provide some tree equity there. So when you walk over to Joe Manchin today on the floor of the Senate, what's he think about tree equity? West Virginia is pretty tree rich, actually. I've been through West Virginia, too. They're not going to get any of this money. No. And you know what? There's a hundred other programs that are out there for environmental justice and for payoffs. Basically, the way this bill is set up is that they have big, nice titles on it. But it's really paybacks for the people that did the campaign work for the Biden team and for Democrats. And they're trying to make sure they can continue to be able to fund all these organizations that work so hard on the ground for them in their election and to be able to help the millionaires that help them in different targeted states. That's why they have a huge tax break for multimillionaires that I've had lots of folks say that's not in the bill. It's like, yes, that absolutely is in the bill. There's a giant, the vast majority of millionaires will get a tax break in this bill. At the same time, the Democrats continue to say they're actually going to uh, increase their taxes on millionaires. It's actually not true. So this is a payback to donors. This is a payback to campaign volunteers. That's what this bill really is. Are you talking about the salt limit? Because I can't believe they're putting that back. And I was against removing it because I think it was unfair to longtime home purchasers in high price states. But they did. I mean, the tax reform got rid of the state and local uh, tax deduction, meaning property taxes and income taxes in the high tax states were not going to be deductible above 10,000. Democrats want to put that pick in because of New York and California. Are they going to go through with that? That's just nuts. They not only are going to go through with that, in their negotiations two weeks ago, they actually increased it again. Uh, So it's up to around $90,000 tax deduction uh, for individuals that are high-worth individuals, that they will get in a $90,000 tax deduction uh, in this bill with the state and local tax deduction. So if you live in New York and New Jersey, California, high-tax states, and you have a high income, uh, obviously most people don't pay $90,000 in taxes even to be able to write that off. Uh, so these are individuals that are paying more than that. that They get the opportunity to be able to write off their state and local taxes when that just doesn't affect the vast majority of middle-income Americans. It is high-worth individuals that they're actually getting the benefit to. So when you talk to to Senator Manchin, uh, I'm on right now in Wheeling, great audience in Wheeling. This bill screws West Virginia six ways to Sunday. There isn't a provision of this bill that isn't bad for West Virginia. Why doesn't he just come out and say, no, not now, not ever, never? Well, he has started by saying, uh, to Joe Manchin's defense on this, he started by saying this is not the right time to do this. We have massive inflation that's coming, and this bill is going to cause more inflation, and people of West Virginia don't need to have more inflation. He is absolutely correct on that. He's absolutely correct. They've got lots of issues in this that absolutely target West Virginia 
to be able to destroy West Virginia's economy even more than the Obama administration went after them. And so they're trying to be able to find a way to be able to destroy his economy. He is standing up for his state, as he very well should stand up for his state. But there's lots of other provisions that are in it that he's also looking at, and he just rolls his eyes and says, I can't believe that kind of crazy stuff is in there. Uh, so he has to make a decision, Kirsten Sinema, a multitude of other Democrats that know this, this policy in, the, in this particular bill will hurt companies, will hurt jobs and their economy, and raise inflation in their state even more. This is the equivalent of trying to put out a fire of inflation uh, with more gasoline to try to put out the fire. I guess a fire on the other side of a bridge that a snowstorm <laughs> took out. Um, and that, that's the problem that they've got, is that in their gut, most Democrats know exactly what this is going to be. But the left and the far left continue to be able to duke it out to figure out how far left they can push it. You know, yesterday the word arrived that John Sununu is thinking about making a comeback because his brother Chris is not going to run for the Senate seat in New Hampshire against Maggie Hassan, your colleague from New Hampshire. She has to look at it's a Boston bailout. This is a Boston bailout. It's for everyone living in Boston who needs a salt deduction. It's for uh, the people of Massachusetts who are, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Ed Markey Democrats. It is the most left wing bill in the world. And Maggie Hassan has to run for reelection. Why isn't she on the rampart saying, no, this shall not pass? Well, she should be, as well as a host of other Democrats that know uh, what this is going to do to their state, whether you're in Delaware or in New Hampshire or wherever it may be across the country. With John Tester uh, in uh, Montana, you've got all kinds of Democrats that are out there that should look at this bill and to say this is really a bailout or this is a bill that's going to help out the far, far left. And uh, this is not going to help the vast majority of Americans, and Americans know it. I've a friend of mine who says that this bill is like a hard-boiled egg on the sidewalk in the summer. The longer it sits out there, the worse it smells. And everyone should see it for what it is. Well, I was told this morning by your colleague, Marsha Blackburn, that the buzz is Nancy Pelosi gets this passed and she retires and goes to Rome. Uh, and I can't believe we're going to do that to the Pope. But maybe we're going to do that to the Pope. If they vote for this, I mean, if anyone votes for this, do they lose in 2022? They should if anyone votes for this. Oh, Yes, there'll be a vast majority of folks that'll actually lose. And all those swing states and all those swing districts, uh, there are a lot of folks that have got to decide on the Democrat side of the aisle, is this going to be what I'm going to actually go down for, knowing if they pass it in the House, it's not going to pass in the Senate. And so they've got to decide, am I going to walk out on the edge of the plank here with Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer saying, do it, do it, do it, knowing they're going to lose their election and it's not going to pass the Senate? Why would they step out and be able to take that leap? Uh, knowing what the real cost is going to be. I, I hope they listen to you, Senator Jim Lankford. It is one of the great uh, senators, James Lankford from Oklahoma, that we've got working on the Republican side for all Americans. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Which organization has been accused of being simultaneously anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, and anti-blackness? Political reports that the College Democrats of America, a DNC affiliate, has collapsed into tribal recriminations surrounding leadership elections. Each faction claims that their losses result from bigotry within the Democratic coalition, and each faction wants their victimology to prevail over election results. Politico's report on CDA's infighting demonstrates that ethnic determinism and the victimology it produces 
results only in tribalism, fracture, and eventually segregation. When people embrace the concept that ethnicity is determinative rather than character or talent, then every point of conflict becomes tribal rather than intellectual or values-based. And this philosophy ironically makes the multiculturalism it supposedly cherishes ultimately impossible to achieve. The DNC reportedly is considering cutting ties with the CDA over this mess. Democrats should go further and cut ties with their entire embrace of this more woke-than-thou victimology. It's not just a dead end for them, but a dead end for America, too. I'm Ed Morrissey. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 